0: Hey, I'm Tanya and I'm going to be sharing with you today Um, The last few weeks, as we've been studying Peter's first letter, we've been chatting through the different kinds of submission, from submitting to government authorities to submitting to our employers. And then last week, Ryan very beautifully took us through the passage where it shows us how Jesus submitted. He, as our example, submitted to authority, and he suffered, even though he was doing good, he left his case in the hands of God, and 1 Peter 2 verse 21 says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, you must follow in his footsteps, and these are very challenging things to think about, but today we're going to look even further, and we're going to take this into the context of family, so um, If you today are not a husband or a wife, I want to encourage you, please do not leave. Please don't zone out. I believe that, you know, God's truth is applicable to our lives. And there is something in here that God wants to speak to you today. Um, His, His word is life. And I do trust that something will encourage you today because these principles do apply about us trusting Jesus and following his example. I'd love you to join me in reading 1 Peter 3, verse 1 to 7. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Father, I just pray that you would help us today to open our hearts, to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Sure, so some of you may be familiar with this passage and with um, these verses, but others of you may never have heard this, and are probably thinking, what are you talking about? Submitting, calling my husband master, um, that the woman is a weaker vessel, um, the authority of husbands, So, Toby so beautifully explained two weeks ago that sometimes the Bible can be like a party mix, and you know, there's pieces that you really enjoy and you want to eat over and over, but sometimes you'll hit something, and and he referred to a dry, like pretzel. And sometimes this passage could seem like that, that it's a dry pretzel kind of verse or part in the Bible. But it's actually really amazing if we can understand this it can actually um, bring life. And so the the important thing for us to remember is that we come under the authority of God's word. We don't look down on it and think, what can I pick and choose? But actually, sometimes we have to realize it's going to challenge us. And that's a good thing. So um, before we take a look into these verses further, um, which, you know, could seem like it's dry and difficult, I want to take us first to look at the verses just before this part. So if we rewind back just a little bit, um, just a few words back, we will see um, this verse. And the reason I want to do this is before I talk about what we should be doing, I just want us to talk about who we are trusting and why we can do what we do because of who we are trusting. So this leads me to my first point. I have four points. So base, place, face, and grace. So the first point will be base. This is our foundation. So who are we trusting? So in 1 Peter 2, just at the end of that chapter, it says, Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul's. Oh, I love this. This to me is so encouraging, to know that I have somebody that cares for me. Just let that sink in. When you choose to follow Jesus, the good shepherd, you have somebody who takes care of you. And Psalm 23 beautifully um, speaks about God as our shepherd. He leads us in green pastures beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads you through difficult times and through good times, but he knows what's best for your soul. You know, sometimes if we are going through something difficult, you know, his, his presence can refresh us. His word can give life to us. You know, he is there He cares for you, and He wants to speak to you. He wants to help you in every season that your soul is in. There's a lot of talk these days about self-care and um, self-love. And I'm all for taking good care of yourself. But sometimes we can overemphasize this. And there is a danger in this because um, I don't see this as Jesus' way. Like when we read the Bible... We see he talks about dying to ourselves, serving others, thinking of others first. Um, there's a there's a proverb that says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so taking the focus off ourselves, trusting God that as we obey him and do the things that he wants us to do, that he is the one that will take care of ourselves. We don't have to fight for our rights and look out for, for our own um, comforts, you know. Um, Because we can miss out on the incredible fulfillment of following Him, trusting Him, and receiving from Him the things that He wants to give us. You know, when we try to satisfy ourselves, nothing can truly satisfy except Him. When we try and fill ourselves up with things that make us feel good, it's only Him that can satisfy. And so when we fix our eyes on Him and do what He wants us to do, He takes care of our our souls. Um, So... In light of Jesus as our example and him taking care of us, now I want to move on to the next part and my next point, which is place. So we're going to look at verse 1 and 2 and see our place. And this is when we're talking now about submission. So um, it says, in the same way, so the same way that Jesus, a few verses before, um, was submitting, was, was obeying, God and um, not fighting back, but doing good. In light of that, we can we can look at these verses and it says, "Wives, submit to your husbands." Well, um, it, you know, it's much easier for us to to respond and obey when in light of of seeing what Jesus has done. So, firstly, um, I just want to say that submitting to your husband doesn't mean that. Women submit to men in general. This is not the context. The husband is asked to love his wife, but the wife is expected to submit to his authority. Um, Within marriage, there are different roles. So equal, but different roles. You know, the same way God wants us to submit in other areas that we've mentioned before, submitting to government, submitting to... um, uh, employers. In the same way we've mentioned that so this is just another area God wants us to, wives to submit to their husbands. And if we remember who we are trusting, it makes it easier for us to obey and submit in our roles as wives. Um, it also speaks here about if a wife has an unbelieving husband that he can be won over. And I just want to say to you, like, I'm not in this position, but I just want to encourage you to look to Jesus. You know, God wants to use you to show your husband his incredible love. And, you know, if you can just look to Jesus to find the grace to do that, you know, he can he can come to know Jesus through what you are doing. And I really want to say, um, you know, God, wants to help you through this and he wants you to set an example of submitting because you ultimately you are submitting to God when you're submitting to your husband and it is a beautiful thing. Just some practical things. How how do we submit? So um, let your husband take leadership in the family. You know, give him space to do that. Um, It doesn't mean agreeing with your husband all the time. Thank goodness. I mean... No one can agree all the time. We can have our own opinions. We can come to an agreement together. And of course, we need to do that in the right attitude, in the right time. But ultimately, the responsibility and the final um, choices and decisions rest on his shoulders. Um, So show respect. Respect. Um, especially in front of others. I think that often we can run our husbands down in front of other people, in front of the kids, and this is something that we have to be careful of, you know. We want to build our husbands up and show respect and, and make them feel confident and um, that we have full confidence in them. Trust him and believe what he says. He wants you to take him at his word, so don't question everything. I you know, just just believe what he says, because this will also build trust um, and then also allow him to speak into your life. This is a tough one it's hard, um, but it's so good for us if we want to grow, we need to to allow him to to speak into our lives and um, and that he has a place to do that that's that's a wonderful thing and then of course. As you submitting to your husband, it's so important to pray for him because you want to, to you want the best for him. But also as you pray for him, your heart grows in compassion for him and then it will help you to treat him right. I've done these things and I've also failed at these things. But I can say that it is much nicer when I've chosen to submit. There's much more peace in our home and, you know, we should actually be willing to suffer for doing good. Like even if we do, um, even if there's not a good outcome, we still need to do good. Um, so not fight for our rights. It's just not worth it. Um, and and the cool thing is, it's like we're not just um, obeying Jesus by submitting to our husbands. It's not only that because actually, when we do respect our husbands and submit to them. The fruit of that is often that they are more loving towards us. Their role is to love their wives. And when we are um, willing to submit, when we choose to do that well, it actually makes them more loving, which is pretty cool. Um, And the Bible speaks about this in Ephesians 5 in Ephesians 3. um, Sorry, Colossians 3 as well. So it says wives must submit. And Paul speaks about it. And in this letter, Peter speaks about it. And it's interesting to me because in each one of these three passages, he addresses the wives first. Before husbands, before children, he addresses the wife first. And to me, this just is a reminder that actually as women, we we can actually set the tone in our home. We can set the tone of how things go. And we are really important in The relationships, we play a huge role in the relationships in the family. So um, just wanted to encourage you in that. Just use the place that God's given you as a wife to create um, the tone in your home. Um, So just remember that when you submit to your husband, you are trusting God. And now we're going to move on to just the next part, which is face. The third rhyming word, face. Okay? And this is just speaking about beauty. And um, this is not just for wives. This is for anybody, you know. Um, Where are you finding your security? This is what, uh, what I wanted to talk about, is where are we finding our security? Now, I remember when I started growing out my gray hair, Um, I had black hair, and then I would dye it, and then if a little bit of gray grows out, dye it again, and as soon as the gray starts showing, you start feeling so insecure, feels dirty, I need to cover it up again, and just little things like that as women, you know, sometimes we can find, oh, I don't want to go out, I just want to quickly first do my face, do my makeup, and there's a lot of little things that we can be finding our security in, and I think with the pandemic, like maybe some of our routines have been shaken up a little bit, and that's a that's a good thing. Um, but maybe some of us have enjoyed just relaxing, you know, no no makeup days, and um, you know, just not being outside of our routines. But maybe for some of us, it's been frustrating, like we haven't been able to get our hair done. I need a nice trim, my hair's super split. Um, we haven't been able to get our hair done, or we haven't been able to get our nails done. But these things must not be where we find our security in. Um, the clothes that we wear, um, just be aware of your heart. Do you have the confidence to do without any of those things? Because what is important, what's important is what's, what's inside, the inner beauty. And you need to believe what God says about you, what, what God says about who you are. Don't trust your feelings. Be confident in who God says you are. He loves you. You are valued. And what's important to him is what is inside. Now, in these verses where it speaks about inner beauty, um, in the, the message version of the Bible, which is a little bit paraphrased, it uses a cool word. It says, cultivate inner beauty. And, you know, cultivating, the closest thing that I can think of right now is during the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of us have um, started to develop some green fingers. Maybe whereas before you haven't, maybe some of you are already brilliant with pl- plants, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I've taken a little bit of a, more of an interest in growing things in my house. And it's really h- helpful during the winter to see a lot of green things in your home. But um, it takes work. And I love to see like my little basil plants flourishing or my monstera doing well and propagating it and um, all the different plants that we have. It's so nice to see them doing well but it takes work and you have to remember to water them. You have to remember to put them in the sun when they need some sun and it's the same way with us. We have to cultivate this inner inner beauty. It takes work and so um, I just want to encourage you that it's not the kind of work that I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. No, the the amazing thing about God is that when we spend time in the Word and we feed ourselves with the Word and we spend time in His presence and we allow the Holy Spirit to change us, He does that. He changes us from the inside out. And when we spend time in the Word and in His presence, cultivating that inner beauty, starts to happen, he does it, he changes us, he builds our character, and it just takes for us to let go and allow him to do that in us and it 's not easy it is it is hard sometimes, but when we submit to to him he 's the one that changes us and produces in us a confidence in him, a trust in him and and that 's what we 're talking about you know it what makes you beautiful is that you have hope in him. The Bible says that in in these verses, it speaks about they were beautiful because, yes, if they were wives, they submitted to the authority of their husbands, but they had hope in him, and that's what makes you beautiful. And if we move down to verse 5 and 6, it also speaks a little bit about a few other things. So Um, sometimes as a wife we want to be in control that's why we don't want to submit we want to make the decisions we feel like we can see what's best and we want to take control and and actually we have to let go we do we have to allow God to take control and um, His ways are perfect His timing is perfect sometimes we're so impatient we we just want to do things our way but um, We have to trust, trust in him. And it says uh, a woman who fears, in Proverbs it says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If we look at verse 5 and 6, it says that this is how the holy woman made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband. Abraham called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. And um, you know the amazing thing is that it is so important for us to put our trust in God, to put our hope in Him. That is what makes that is what makes you beautiful. And um, it's, it speaks of truth, it speaks of fear here and, and for me, I'm not sure if they are meaning women being fearful of their husbands and if you are in a situation where you are fearful and you feel unsafe you do need to speak to somebody Um, but if this is speaking of fear of what your husbands might do my understanding for me is that sometimes as women we can become anxious and not want to let go of control we don't want to submit because if we let go we might think that um, you know we might be anxious what is our husband going to do we might be fearful what is going to happen if I let go and let him take charge what is going to happen and actually we need to not be we need to trust God we need to um, not be anxious and uh, it also said that Sarah uh, called her husband master this is just a sign of respect in, in some versions it says call him Lord and this is just I for me it's just Speaks about us respecting our husbands and the way we speak to them. This is important, the way we address them. I mean, I call my husband lover. You might say, honey, I don't know, but we need to respect our husbands in the way that we speak to them. The Bible does say that Sarah was actually really beautiful. Like if we go back to Genesis, we, we can read that she was really beautiful. But here, Peter's focusing on the fact that she respected her husband but was also beautiful because she had her hope in God. And um, you, you are beautiful when you put your hope in God, when you let go and trust Him. Don't be anxious. Don't try to be in control. And I do just want to read here from um, Matthew 6, because for me, this is something I go to regularly. When I get worried about things, um, Then I will go to Matthew 6 and read this. So that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more important than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than they are? saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I'm going to move on just to the last verse. This is um grace. So verse 7, this is speaking to husbands, but I'm also going to continue to Speak to wives here. And it says, In the same way husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. And the last verse speaks to husbands. I'm going to you know, continue to speak to wives, but um, the amazing thing is that Peter is pointing out here that we are equal. You know, even though maybe I, I might be weaker than my husband, I'm not going to fight this one. I, I know I'm physically weaker. Maybe you're not. That's awesome. But um, it also could speak about being the weaker vessel, that in those days, you know, women didn't have as many privileges as men back then. So it that's what it, what it could be saying. But the point here is that we are, are equals. We both are image bearers of God. We both have different roles, but we both have access to God through Jesus. I don't access God through my husband. We both have access. We are equal partners. We, we share equally. We're both able to access God and to receive eternal life through Him and receive His grace. In, a, in your marriage, Your role is to respect and trust him and his role is to love you. We as wives, we can have the power to really destroy and break down. We have to be patient. We have to hold our tongues and give them space. We have to honor and affirm our husband's leadership. And I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. When you respect your husband, it actually helps him love you more. Let's be honest guys, when you love your wife more, regardless of her mistakes, regardless of her disrespect, it will melt her and it will be a lot easier for her to to submit to you. And I do have an example of this, I actually haven't shared many personal examples today, but I do actually have an example of this, and in this story, I'm the one that's going to look bad, so my husband won't mind me sharing this, because I wanted to give you guys just an example of a guy living in understanding. Um, this is not the only example, but I just want to tell you a little story quickly. So, one day, in the days when kids were still going to physical school, um Vic and I were sitting having breakfast and we were having a wonderful time, but for some reason there was a miscommunication and I can't even remember the details at all, but all I remember was getting extremely angry in the conversation and the anger built up and instead of being calm and walking away or dealing with it in a proper manner, I Up the milk jug and continued to pour the milk all over my husband's head, who had just already showered and was beautifully clean and fresh, and poured the milk all over him in the kitchen. And to my shame, ran upstairs and hid in the bathroom because I felt like such an idiot and so embarrassed. And this is so silly it feels silly to even talk about but um, I, I just got angry and lost it that day and I ran upstairs and then he came knocking on the door and I just felt so embarrassed and now, call it hormones or call it just really you know being too angry and not dealing with it correctly but he came knocking on the door and brought me a cup of coffee and I actually, I said, oh no, you're probably going to pour it on me. And, I, and he, of course he wasn't. He may, he had gone in the opposite spirit. He had come to me in a loving way and treated me with understanding. Now, it was probably to do with hormones that I freaked out, but I'm not going to blame that. What I did was wrong. And he came to me and he brought me a cup of coffee and he treated me with love and understanding and kindness and this is just a small glimpse into the kind of love that that God has for us because regardless of our mess, regardless of how much we mess up, he is so gracious and kind and the amazing thing is in our marriages we get the opportunity to display God's grace. Marriage is a picture of the gospel. It is a picture of Jesus loving his people, regardless of what they have done, and giving His life for them, and it is so amazing to be able to do that as a husband and a wife to to f- um, be in covenant together, and regardless of what goes wrong, to forgive each other and live out the gospel. And I would love to just take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to. Um, Just soften our hearts, and if there's any areas in our life where we know we need to trust Him, maybe things we need to adjust in the way that we treat each other, or maybe just um, some area where we could apologize. And, you know, we've been practicing repentance weekly, Um, we've been practicing this, you know, confessing our sins, Uh, and this is a healthy thing to do, to confess um, things to each other, and to have that reconciliation as husband and wife. And so I'm just going to pray for us. And then um, I just trust that God is going to do his work. Father, I just thank you so much that you love us. I thank you that you care about us. I thank you that you are the good shepherd, the guardian of our souls. You know what's good for us. And we want to trust you. We want to obey you. We want to do what you have made us to do. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to everyone here, that you would soften our hearts and change us. And if there's any area in our lives that needs adjustment, I pray that you would highlight that and give us the strength to reconcile with one another and the strength to choose to do what is right, even if we have to suffer for doing good. I pray that we would choose to follow you in every way, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, you just heard from my baby there. I think Tanya did a great job. And I'm just here to uh, quickly just speak to the guys, husbands in particular, uh, just to remind you that you're not quite off the hook yet. Um, You know, verse 7 Uh, You know, Peter starts off by saying, live in understanding with your wives, you know, honor them. And this guy knows what he's talking about. He's an actual married man. You know, when Paul writes about marriage, well, he isn't married, but Peter is, so we should pay attention. And he says we should do that because two reasons. One is she's an an equal heir of grace. You know, she receives forgiveness and grace from the Father through Jesus, just like you do, you know, no better than her. Um, But the second reason is so that your prayers May not be hindered. And so there's a warning for us. What's going on here? Well, first of all, um, he is saying, Don't you dare approach God in prayer, expecting grace and mercy and forgiveness for him to hear uh, your requests uh, without having extended grace and forgiveness and kindness and understanding to your spouse. Uh, That would be abusing grace. I'm reminded of Jesus when he taught his disciples how to pray. Remember the one line is, Father, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. And later on, Jesus said in that Matthew chapter six uh, passage that we, uh, we will not be forgiven by the Father if we don't forgive others. So what is he trying to say? Well, he says that actually if you understand forgiveness, you can, and if you've received forgiveness, you can extend forgiveness. Failure to forgive others uh, is an indicator that you have not received forgiveness or at least understood it properly. And so it is with grace here as well, extending grace. Failure to extend grace might be an indicator that you have either not received God's grace or you are abusing His grace. You are uh, making it cheap even though it's free. And so, yes, I mean, even later on, uh, uh, P- Peter writes uh, a few verses down down the line about Uh, He quotes Psalm 34, uh, where he says, God is a God who turns his ear and his face towards the righteous. And if you are in Christ, you are righteous, but he turns his back on the wicked. And actually, if we abuse God's grace, maybe we've not uh, received his righteousness as we ought to. We've not understood the gospel as we should. So let us not approach God uh, expecting grace from him uh, and not be like conduits through whom his grace could flow, in particular to our spouses. And the last thing is that he assumes that you would be a praying husband. Uh, He's saying, you know, so that your prayers may not be hindered, uh, assuming, you'd be praying. And sometimes there's this thing that guys think, oh, the girls pray and the guys do other things. And and this is a, a call to say you should be the leader in terms of prayer in your house. You should be on your knees regularly. And in fact, when you do so, there will be opportunities for you to examine as you come before a holy God if you are treating your spouse in an honoring, loving way. And so actually, it would be good for your marriage if you approach the throne of grace fairly regularly in prayer because the Holy Spirit may very well put his finger on moments where you need to ask for forgiveness or how you need to change Uh, Towards your spouse so that you know your conscience even does not bother you Maybe that's why you feel like your prayers are hidden because you know There's something that is in your life in your marriage that you should be dealing with So this is a quite a, a big one for us as guys and maybe that's my little commission to you But that's all from me right now I'm gonna hand over to Brian so that he can conclude the rest of our service
2: Hey, I'm Brian Hopefully that message was helpful and maybe a little bit challenging I wanna read a verse to you from Isaiah chapter 64, verse eight. It says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And so I have a prayer here that was actually written by Martin Luther that I'm gonna read. Let's just bow our heads and we, as we pray. Look, Lord, on an empty vessel that needs to be filled. In faith, I am weak strengthen me. In love I am cold, warm me and make me fervent, so that my love may go out to my neighbor. I doubt and am unable to trust you completely. Lord, strengthen my faith and trust in you. You are all the treasure I possess. I am poor, you are rich. And you came to have mercy on the poor. I am a sinner, you are goodness. From you I can receive goodness, but I can give you nothing. Therefore, I shall stay with you. Amen. Well, if you have decided to put your faith in Jesus or have questions about it, um, please reach out uh, on our website um, to any one of our leaders. Uh, We would love to speak with you about that. Um, For our regular City Gators, hopefully this message has been helpful and challenging. And God bless you and enjoy the rest of your week.